Saturday morning. A little wet out there today. Welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, and I'm a little bit depressed. It's Memorial Weekend. Wonderful weekend. We all have a long weekend. I'll be working, of course, all weekend because all of you folks will be coming in hopefully to visit. But I know a lot of folks out there have a long weekend and always look for Memorial Weekend to be a time to spend with their families and friends and remember the folks that they miss or uh, can't see this weekend. But we've got a whole lot of rain. And boy, it's been wet all week. The plants are just exploding with growth out there. The trees have leafed out. They're showing their full shade potential now. Uh, So if you are planting a new garden and really don't know what type of sunlight you might have in your yard. Now the the shade trees and the trees have put on enough foliage for us to get a true estimate of how much sunlight you get underneath those those big wonderful trees that are out there. Producing all that lovely oxygen that we need and it's it's time out there for lilacs. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We're going to talk a little about uh, fertilizers, what type of fertilizers you, you should use, organic or synthetic, uh, for what types of plants and, and what they need and how often. But uh, we've got plenty of moisture out there, and I want to report last week we talked a little bit about my lawn and my garden. We're going to talk a little more about that. I did get one of my lawns, uh, actually two, both got mowed, I want to report I did I did find some time. My rental unit uh I did in the pouring rain on Friday night. So folks, don't do that. That's just a terrible job. I got soaked, but it needed to be done. And so sometimes you have to do that. So if your lawn is out there and it's really bad, you can be like me and you can mow it in the pouring rain and make a complete mess. But luckily the sun is hopefully going to come out on Monday. That's what the weather people keep telling us, and uh, let's face it, they're wrong most of the time. But hopefully it'll come out on Sunday instead. So if uh, you have questions, we're here until 8 o'clock. Please don't hesitate to call 877-393-8255 or 775-1310. You also can post your questions on our Facebook page and or on our website at estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. I'll be checking both of those periodically during our breaks, so if you don't feel like calling, you can post there also, and I'll try to get to those. Uh, But we're going to talk a little bit, uh, as we always do every, every week, about what we can prune at this point. Things have kind of, you know, passed bloom now, so it's time to really start thinking about pruning some plants. And we talked in the last couple weeks, you know, for Scythia, definitely it's time. Um, Magnolia, they've really passed bloom now, and now's the time to go ahead and, and, and prune them to the size that you want. Now, magnolias typically will put on about a foot to 18 inches of growth after they've been established. So now is the time to go ahead and prune them back. The more you prune on a magnolia, a lot of times what will happen is you can thin out some of the branches, any crossing uh, branches, and also by pruning, you're going to promote more flower buds later on in the in the summer. So now is the time to do that because we want to make sure we get good bud set. Um, if we wait quite a bit, you know, a week, two, three, four weeks, you know, we may be cutting off next year's flower buds. Quince are also... It's time. 
okay? They're pretty much passing bloom. The only thing I would recommend is don't prune heavily into the center if you want to get some fruit because we want to leave the fruit on the interior if you want to make your great quince jams or jellies. Uh, but the exterior can be kind of pruned out and, you know, thin out a little bit, but don't take all of it away. Small leaf roadies. We've got... Uh, they're just passing bloom now on a lot of azaleas and rhododendrons. This rain has really beat up a lot of the small leaf rhodes. Uh If yours looks really tattered after this long stint of rain, you can go ahead and prune it. It's a little early. Uh, you can also fertilize those with holytone. But go ahead and shape them. You can use head shears if you want. You can hand prune them. Uh, very easy to do it. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to break my rule. I've been talking about all season long on the radio. I'm going to tell you it's probably safe to do your endless summer hydrangea now. Now, we've all we've been talking about it mid-June. But this year, I'm noticing mine has really pushed a lot of growth. Um, I believe we are past the chance of frost now. Uh, Mother Nature only knows that, but I'm going to go ahead and shape mine uh, because it is putting on so much growth. And mine is leafing out all the way to the tips this year. There's very little dead growth on it, and uh, that really really tells me that we had good protection from snow load uh, this past winter, and things are looking really good on my endless summer. I hope yours is. If it is leafing out quite well, you know, three-quarters of the way up, I'd go ahead and give it a nice pruning, uh, you know, back about a third of the way, promote some more branching, and, and get some good flower buds going. Uh, the endless summers in the yard that we've got uh, for sale have flower buds all over them. They're not in color yet but there's a lot of buds coming on the new crop for this year so we're going to talk a little bit about uh you know about ornamental grasses today too i know it's tough to think about but we got to start thinking about adding some texture to our gardens for this fall and you know plenty more please don't hesitate to call if uh if you have a question, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. And let's go on to, let's talk a little bit about fertilizers. So fertilizer, obviously we've had a lot of rain. And if you've done some fertilization at this point, uh, you're probably done it early season or you're doing it right now. Uh, important to know about what type of fertilizer to use and for what type of plants. I want to make sure people understand that I'm talking about the blue goo, okay? And everybody should know what the blue goo is. It's that lovely miracle Grow or Schultz or Peter's fertilizer. We mix it up, and it's nice and blue in that container or in your watering can, and we spread it all over, and it's wonderful, wonderful stuff. It works very well. It pushes a lot of growth, heavy in nitrogen, uh, very, very proactive for gro growth of plants. But what I want to talk about a little bit is it's not the best fertilizer for your trees, shrubs, perennials, anything that winters over. Because it's got so much nitrogen, it really pushes a, a tremendous amount of growth. And when we push too much growth on plants, it can weaken them. 
So it's important that we use more a natural fertilizer that feeds the soil instead of something that is just going to go ahead and push growth. So I like the line of fertilizer, Espoma. Many of you use them. You, you know them as the Tone series, Holly Tone, Plant Tone, Flower Tone, Garden Tone. And speaking of gardens, it's another area that I would not recommend using the Blue Goo. Nitrogen really pushes our fruits and vegetables too quickly. And what ends up happening is you get a lot of foliage and very little fruit. Okay, so when you come into the garden center and you're looking for a fertilizer for your vegetables or fruits, you know, look towards an organic like garden tone or another good one for your garden is um, Neptune's Harvest or a fish emulsion fertilizer. I like Neptune's Harvest. It does very well. If you like growing big pumpkins and, and whatnot, it is, you know, used by many to do so. Uh, we also have a local company here in Maine, um, Saltwater Farms, that has a great product also. Uh, the one thing you have to worry about with, with emulsions are odor. And I think in the, in the past I've talked to you about Costa Maine used to make a, a product, fermented salmon. It worked extremely well. They no longer make that anymore. But I had gotten a sample from Carlos, and, and when he was on the show, we talked a little bit about how I used that on my houseplants. And the odor that it, um, it uh, gave off in the home was not too appealing. So, you know, always be careful. There is very little odor with some of the newer ones. Neptune's Harvest doesn't seem to have a lot of odor, maybe, you know, a little bit after the first day. But with your trees and shrubs, I want to make sure you understand that you can use miracle Grow. It's not a problem. Uh, but what I want to say is the tones from Espoma really work much better. And the reason being is we're feeding the soil. Okay, there in the tone series of fertilizers, what ends up happening is you're feeding all the micronutrients and you're making the soil alive. So it's got blood meal and bone meal and all these meals and cottonseed meal and all these different things. Also, mycorrhizae is, is in a lot of them. Now, for a lot of you folks, you may not know what mycorrhizae is, but mycorrhizae is a naturally occurring fungi in the soil which makes plants' roots branch. By boosting this up, what we do is we make a more fibrous root system to the plants, and what happens is they take up more fertilizer, they take up more water, we don't have to maintain them as much, and it helps. They have a product called Biotone, which is a mycorrhizae root stimulant, which we recommend with planting all new plants. That's including annuals, perennials, herbs, trees, shrubs, vegetables, everything. What that does is it helps promote root growth and it explodes your plants. We use it in our greenhouses on all of our crops. We use mycorrhizae in order to get them to root quicker. We typically see about rooting about 10 to 14 days sooner by using this product. So we know it works. But I would recommend any of the Tone series for your fertilizer, especially at this point. Vegetable gardening, I don't recommend you necessarily go ahead and put it all over your garden. I recommend you plant which Memorial Day is the starting of your vegetable garden if we can get through the mud. But side dress the rose. So plant this weekend if you have the opportunity, or as soon as you plant, leave about a week. Okay, I don't want you to fertilize right away, but pick up the fertilizer when you buy the plants. 
Give it about a week and just do straight water for the first week. We've been fertilizing all of those plants in the garden center. They've got plenty of feed. What I want them to do is kind of root a little bit for about a week. After that, we'll come in and we'll side dress the rows. If you're seeding stuff into your garden, I want the plants to have what I call true leaves. So they sprout up and they put on a couple little leaves first. And then the second and third set of leaves are what I call the true leaves. That is the time and when you would lightly fertilize your vegetables that you've done from seed. We don't want to feed them too early and push them without root system. So important to go ahead and do that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. We know you have lots of choices when buying plants and garden supplies. But wouldn't you rather come to someone at your local garden center where you know us and we know you? Someone who knows Maine soil, Maine's climate, and knows what plants will thrive here. Someone who will make sure you find what you're looking for here or at one of our other independent garden centers. We support each other and work together to satisfy you. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the Independent Garden Centers of Maine at maineigc.com. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Muspoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening. I'm Tom Estabrook. Nice and soggy Saturday morning, but weather's only going to improve. It's Memorial Weekend. It is the Christmas of the Garden Center. And Memorial Weekend is always signifies kind of the actual start of the planting season for annuals and, and uh, vegetables and whatnot. It's time to go, people. It's time to plant. Plant everything. Uh, is it safe to plant? I don't know quite yet, but certainly we're going to find out. Uh, Mother Nature is throwing us a curveball with all this rain, but certainly your soil would be nice and nice and moist. If you're like me, I still have not got my vegetable garden turned over, so you still have plenty of time. I'm not going to plant mine till mid-June. I just don't have the time in, in late May. Uh, so I'm starting to prep my area, hopefully this coming week. Uh, I've 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 got the the area kind of started to be worked out in my head, okay, and my wife keeps kind of saying, "Are we gonna are we gonna get to that? Are we gonna get to that?" 
And uh, Sue, I, I know you're probably listening, and uh, we are going to get to that. We're going to have a great vegetable garden this year. Um, I've got a, a great idea of how to, how to put it all together. We're going to start off small, okay? I want to make sure everybody understands starting off small is just fine. And with that, uh, I, I hope some of you folks out there caught our um, your garden segment on Channel 6 last night. It was about vegetable gardening uh, in containers and how you can go ahead and get herbs in your containers, and, uh, some vegetables mixed with your flowers. And right now we have a giveaway on our Facebook page I want to let everybody know about. That container that we did on the segment last night for Channel 6 is we're going to be giving that container away. So take a look at that video. Um, John, my cousin, will be posting that on our page uh, at, at some point here. And basically what we want to know is post what you do in your containers. Do you mix vegetables in? What type of, of annuals you use in your containers? And that will enter you in to win a chance to win that container. Now, I want to tell you, this is a probably $150, $200 container. The pot alone is $100. So enter to win that. Uh, it'd be great for the step or patio or out on the back deck. It's got a big, beautiful tomato in the center, a bunch of thymes and rosemary and herbs around the, the sides with some calabricoa that would be flowering later. So really nice mixed container in a big old white pot. It will go with almost any decor. But enter to win, and if you also want, go ahead and post a question on our Facebook page or give us a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255, or go to our website. You also can pick, a pod, pick up a podcast of this show on our website, so if you want to subscribe to that on iTunes or pick it up on our website, you can always do that also. Yeah, Saturday morning and it's raining. I hope you all have a nice cup of coffee and you're sitting listening to the radio, enjoying yourself. But I do want to tell you, you can come out and shop for plants today. Okay, we have many, many greenhouses. They're covered. They're out of the rain, so you can do all your annuals, vegetables, and herbs inside. We're going to have the heat on today. It's supposed to be 50 degrees and windy. So we're going to keep the door shut. We're going to have some nice heat in there. You can come in, shop in an enjoyable environment. And the other thing is we have many, many, many umbrellas. So if you forget your umbrella, you can come on in. You can enjoy out in the yard. And I wanted to mention we have a vegetable and herb special this week weekend through Monday, 20% off all herbs and vegetables. So even if you can't get out there and plant them, it might be wise to go ahead and purchase them now. Vegetable seedlings are flying off the shelves. It's been a very busy week with vegetables and herbs. This stock looks amazing. Things have really sized up. They're looking great. We have some wonderful, wonderful one-gallon peppers I want to talk about. And I planted one last year. And, and I like some hot peppers. And these one-gallons, if you plant one of them, you will have enough hot peppers for you and three other families, maybe even four or five other families, but that one one-gallon plant produced hundreds of hot peppers. So certainly come on in, take a look. The other thing that we've got going on is a perennial special through June 16th. 
June is basically perennial month at Estabrooks. Things just explode with growth, but we kind of put this special in place because things are early this year. They grew really well in the greenhouse. Things are blooming and looking unbelievable. A few things I want to talk about are foxglove, a plant that always is kind of tough to overwinter, and delaphinium or another one. They love to kind of go dormant in the summer months, okay? And we need to let them kind of throw some seed. Foxglove are something that when they throw more seed, you get more flowers the following year. Um, The old-fashioned ones were not very good reliably bloomer, but we've got a whole series of new foxgloves that are absolutely fabulous. One I really like is Dalmatian White. It's a nice white flower with a dark, 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 almost black throat. It really shows up. It fits its name very well. Very attractive from a distance. Uh, blooming its little heads off right now. And then Delaphinium, the old-fashioned standby. Uh, many different colors to choose from this year. Absolutely fabulous plants. But come on in. Take a look at them. It's Memorial Weekend, folks. We're enjoying... Uh, all kinds of things in the garden center. So many new stuff this year. But want to kind of talk a little bit because we've had a lot of folks coming in and talking about the impatient downy mildew issue. And wanted to kind of, you know, revisit that because obviously now is the time when everybody's going to think about planting downy mildew or impatience. And what I want to report is many people are still planting impatience. I don't want to stop people from planting impatience because... I've I've kind of been feeling like I've been a little bit of doom and gloom on impatience over the past few weeks that I'm kind of, you know, putting out there that, oh, there's this monster problem. And it might be a monster problem. We don't know yet. We did have the problem last year. If you have not heard about downy mildew, we've got pamphlets in the store that tell you replacements and also tell you about downy mildew. And what it is, it's a fungus that basically attacks impatience. It's specific to impatience. We do have other downy mildews that attack other plants, but this one is specific. And when I say impatience, it's all the old-fashioned types, okay? It's all of those old-fashioned little six-packs that you always come in and buy. You put them in window boxes. You put them in the ground. What I want to make sure you understand is whether or not you had the problem last year. Because I think that's the most important thing for people to know. If you had downy mildew last year, the likelihood is your plant started to crash in June and July and August. Okay? the All of a sudden, the leaves started to wilt. They dropped off, and you had kind of almost like dead sticks sitting out there in your garden. And then the plants just kind of wilted away, turned black, and died. That was downy mildew last year. If you had that, I would recommend you stay away from these impatients. Let's switch over to New Guinea impatients, sun patients, begonias, lobelias, all kinds of different things. Just come on in to any local owned and operated garden center and we'll be able to give you the information you need on what you need to do and what replacement plants would be great. So just wanted to touch base on that. The other thing that I wanted to touch base is we've had a lot of rain. And if you have been planting, which many of you have, and we've been selling a lot of plants, I want to talk about fungus and, you know, the importance of inspecting your plants right now. 
If you've planted your containers or window boxes, it's important this weekend to go out and look for browning and yellowing leaves, any type of rotting leaves at the bases of your plants. Many times it is a fungus called botrytis. Botrytis is kind of a brownish, black, and gray fuzzy fungus. It will attack the stems of your plants. It's very important that you clean all of that away and get that out of there. And when the sun comes back, we'll spray with an organic fungicide um, or use something like copper sulfate, which is great. Um, it's, it's a wonderful way to make sure your plants are going to thrive. And then the other thing is once the plants dry out, very important that we go ahead and, and fertilize, okay? If you've got containers at this point, what has happened is the soil has leached right out, okay, and we need to come back in with a nice fertilizer, especially on your containers. You know, we can use the blue goo, you know, on those annuals. If, if not, let's side dress and wait for some more rain uh, with some of these tone products. But uh, we've got a question. We've got a question on the phone. We've got Kristen. Kristen, are you there? I am. Hi, Tom. How are you today? I'm good. What What do you? Um, I have a question. I have uh, a magnolia tree, and I've noticed that the trunk is getting black. Is this natural, or do I have a problem? It's. It is a problem. Okay, this is a problem that's been showing up uh, for a number of years now. Magnolias have a insect uh, scale that's attacking uh, the plant, and a lot of people think it's a fungal issue on their magnolia. So it's important for everybody to go out and take a look at your magnolia. Now, the black that you're seeing on the stem is actually sooty mildew, okay? And it's a fungus, but it actually is a secondary problem to the insect. So what happens is scale actually sucks the sap out of the stems and trunk, and it secretes this sticky you know, so if you look at the leaves, probably you'll find out that a lot of the leaves kind of are sticky. And what ends up happening is it secretes this sticky to attack, you know, attract other insects and whatnot. The mildew grows on this sticky substance, okay? And so we've got two problems. We've got sooty mildew, which we need to go ahead and apply a fungicide for. But more importantly, we need to take care of the insect. So there's two ways we can do that. We can treat with a systemic in the root system. A tree and shrub systemic by Bonide works very well. The one thing that we have to be very cautious about right now is we've had all this rain. So we don't want to necessarily do that right away because the plant has plenty of moisture. We want to do it in a nice hot dry spell. So what we're going to do is we're going to wait until the sun comes back out. And Kristen and I hope, Mother Nature, the sun is going to come back out. Please tell me it's going to come back out. Yes, uh, I hope so, too, for sure. <laughs> I'm sure you're getting a little stir-crazy, too. Yes. <laughs> um, so very important that we treat this topically now. So we'll come in with a spray to make sure and knock back the scale. Now, scale is a very, very tough insect to get rid of. So we'll come in and we'll do a nice insecticide spray on the on the plant. Then once it gets nice and warm, we'll do a control systemically. And then in the fall, we're going to treat with a dormant oil. And that's going to smother all the egg casings for the following year. And hopefully we're going to knock out pretty much the majority of this. Next year, we will we'll revisit the tree and see if we've taken care of the problem. If we haven't in early spring, we'll repeat again. It's a very tough insect, uh, but 
I think it's treatable, and certainly when you have a nice big magnolia, it's very important that you keep that around for a long time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Kristen. Have a great day. You too. If uh, you have a question, please don't hesitate to call 775-1310-877-393-8255. We're going to take a quick break. I'd like to thank Kristen for calling, and we'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella's Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth-life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earth-Life Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Do you know where your food is coming from? Growing your own fruits and vegetables is a great way to eat healthier, reduce your grocery bill, and get in touch with your meals. Get started with big, bountiful plants from Astabrooks, and you'll be savoring summer days full of tomatoes, peppers, and lettuce instead of coaxing tiny seeds. All vegetables and herbs are now 20% off at Astabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk until May 27th. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. You know those people in your neighborhood with the great garden? If you look closely, they're probably using plenty of perennial plants. And when it comes to perennials, gardeners agree. Esther Brooks is the place to go for the very best. All perennials and ground covers are now 20% off at Esther Brooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. So now is the perfect time to visit and get started. Plant a few today. You'll notice the difference immediately. And so will your neighbors. To learn more, visit EstherBrooksOnline.com. Esther Brooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host. And another beautiful Saturday morning to some who are sitting on the couch having coffee and enjoying themselves listening to the radio. I am enjoying myself here in the studio today and looking forward to a nice overcast day. I think there's going to be some periods of rain today, but, uh, you know, we've been really busy in the rain. Uh, Folks are enjoying their gardens right now. And a couple things... We we always want to talk about on rainy days because it's the best time for you to spend in a garden center. And the reason I kind of want to talk about that is because our staff has more time to spend with you. Whenever it's a rainy day, it typically is a little bit slower. So if you really have detailed questions or you you need extra help designing your landscape or want to take time kind of to look at a lot of plants and get in a discussion with our staff, their time is more available on rainy days, you know, and it's it's important for folks to understand, you know, it's Memorial Weekend, we'll be extremely busy, certainly we're there to help in all ways, don't hesitate to bug us, ask questions, our staff is there to help in, in any way that is needed, in putting combinations together for your your uh, containers, or whether it's planting a big tree. And I want to talk a little bit about planting, because we do have a planting service. And a lot of people don't necessarily know that. 
And it's something that I think is a very good value because when you come to a, a nursery or garden center and you want to buy a tree, but you really don't want to handle it or, or do all the tough work of digging and whatnot, and you need, say, one to ten trees or one to ten plants, that's something we can kind of take care of very easily for you. You don't have to call anyone else. Basically, the way the service works is we don't actually do the planting. MJ Story Landscaping does the planting for us, okay? They're a wonderful company. They're in Cumberland, Maine. Uh, Mike and his crew do a very good job. Uh, We've been working with them for many, many years now. And what happens is you come into the garden center and you want to purchase a tree. So you purchase a tree, you pay for delivery, all the amendments that are going to need to plant the tree appropriately, some bark mulch, and everything. Okay. So we deliver all of that the day before Mike is going to, crew's going to show up and plant it. So the reason why we have you purchase all of those things so when Mike's crew comes around they go through and they go house to house to house and everything they need to plant the plants is on site ready for them to go now the nice part is they show up beforehand and meet with you they talk to you about where the site is whether or not it will work whether we might want to move it or tweak it and put it someplace that's a little bit better they also look at Maybe you might need some brush removed or you might need some other stuff. Now, that has nothing to do with Estabrooks. But if you have some other projects, they also can do that along the way also. So it kind of makes it very simple. You don't have to come to Estabrooks, buy a tree, walk away, go call someone else, get a price from them, come back, tag the tree, go back and forth, back and forth. It's a one-stop shop. It makes it very easy for you. Um, It's very streamlined. Obviously, there always can be problems that arise, but the site visit by the contractor beforehand really, really helps with that, okay? So it makes it very easy to purchase a tree and get it planted. So question for you, wouldn't a tree be great for Father's Day? If that's the case, my suggestion is come in earlier than later. Let's get that lined up. Maybe we can set that up so it's planted the day before Father's Day or a couple days before, and it's in the ground. You can put a nice bow on it. When Dad wakes up, there's the tree all planted. He doesn't have to work. A lot of people come in and purchase trees, and they give them to Dad, and then he has to do the work. Okay, so let's think about Dad on Father's Day, and maybe uh, he won't have to do the work. He can just admire from the lazy boy. But we have Patrick on the phone. He's got a question. Hi, Patrick. Hi, good morning, Tom. Good morning. I have some very old ornamental grasses that are growing. And, you know, for years I just left the, in the springtime, I just left the old dead pot available. Yes. Just laying there, but it looks kind of uh, bad. Absolutely. Is that something I should trim back every spring? Yes, I mean, I'm going to actually do mine in in my yard this week. Um, I usually leave the uh, plumes up all winter. I like them as a winter interest. So, you know, I don't prune them back until I see new growth in the spring. A lot of people will go in and they'll prune them back really hard early spring. Uh, I like to leave all that foliage and leave it protected. My grasses are just popping through, so I'm going to go ahead and prune them back right at this point uh, and, and get you know that growth rejuvenated. 
I'm going to also go ahead and fertilize them at this point so that they're going to push with growth. Most ornamental grasses are very, very warm-loving, warm-season plants, so that's why they don't come up till the end of May, early June. And so now is a perfect time to go ahead and prune those grasses, and we're going to we're going to talk a little bit in the second hour about ornamental grasses and how we should be using them for accents and what type of color and texture they give to the garden also. Oh, very good. All right. Thanks, Pat. Thanks for the call. Thank you. All right. Bye. Have a great Saturday. So wonderful, wonderful question by Pat. It's something that definitely, you know, most people prune them back. You can prune ornamental grasses back in the fall too. I don't want to, you know, get people... You know, if you really want to clean up your garden and have it all ready to go for spring so you don't have to really do anything, uh, you can prune your ornamental grasses off at the end of the season. Uh, I want to make sure that people understand it's it's really personal choice. I like to see them all winter. Uh, Normally, I would probably prune them back a couple weeks ago, but all you folks have been keeping us very busy in the garden center, so I haven't quite got there. But again, there's always plenty of time for gardening. So if you have a question, please don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. You can also post on our Facebook page or on our website at estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. I want to talk a little bit about lilacs to finish up the, uh, the first hour here. Where did it go? Uh, it, every week it amazes me how quickly the show kind of passes by. It amazes me in spring how quickly the weeks go by because it seems like I was just here talking to all you folks yesterday. And lilacs. So I was driving in today, and the lilacs have exploded. The blooms are all opening up. I hope this rain hasn't beat them up too much. But wanted to make a recommendation for everyone is go out this morning and pick some lilacs, okay? Now, no, I'm not giving you permission to go to your neighbor's house, okay? I was I was driving home the other day, and I noticed this gentleman, and he's walking down the sidewalk, and he's got a pair of pruners. I said, to, that's kind of odd, you know? He's out for a walk, and he's got a pair of pruners, and then I look in his other hand, and he's got a big bouquet of lilacs. And other flowering shrubs from his neighbors and lovely folks in his neighborhood. That I'm not giving you permission to do. If you don't have a lilac in your yard you can take some off of, then come on to the garden center and let's get one in the ground. Or ask your neighbor. Or maybe go out, pick some, and bring some to your neighbor as a nice gift for Memorial Day. doesn't cost anything. You can go out, and the one thing about right now is they're going to be very fragrant. We can't smell them because of all of this rain. So go out, pick a nice bouquet, put it in a vase, bring it to your neighbor, put it on the dining room table, in the kitchen. As soon as you bring them in, within probably a couple hours, you're going to start smelling that that sweet fragrance of spring. There's nothing like lilacs. They are a main tradition. I have a few that I really like. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about those. One is Charles Jolie. Okay, dark wine, purple, 
really, really nice accent in the garden. It's a single flower, not a double, like some of the French hybrids. And I love some of the French hybrids, but I usually can't pronounce all the names. So we're not going to talk about those today. We have many French hybrids that are doubles uh, that are new this year. I can't recite all of the names, but there's many of them. You can check our website, estabrooksonline.com. A very long list. Not all of them are still available. So when you go to our website, I want to make sure, because this is a little confusing, it's a gardening catalog. It doesn't mean we have everything in stock all the time. We stock some of these things throughout the year, and we may be able to order them for you, too, if we don't have them. Uh, Another variety I really like is primrose. We don't have many primrose left. It's a yellow, a yellow lilac. Can you believe that? Now, I want to back up a second. It's really not a yellow. Sorry. It's more a creamy white. It starts off the bud is quite yellow, but when it opens up, it really fades to a creamy white quite quickly. But it's the closest to yellow that we have. Blue meringue, the new big hot lilac of the season. We've had this for three or four years now, and blue meringue is a reblooming lilac. Okay. It blooms a heavy bloom right about now, maybe a little bit later. And then gets a sporadic bloom later in the summer. Now, the second bloom is not anywhere near what the first bloom is. I just want to make sure that it's clear. But it does give us a lilac fragrance in the summer. The one thing I want to talk about with blue meringue that I have noticed is it's very important that we prune this plant quite aggressively. So after the big bloom in the spring, let's go ahead and cut it back by about 30%. Not the first year that you plant, but the second, third, and fourth, because it does put on about two feet of growth a year. So it's a very vigorous grower. They say it's a dwarf. I'm not sold on it. I think it's a fairly good-sized grower. So pruning aggressively at a young age is really going to promote more flower buds, and it's also going to promote a much stockier, more um, well-rounded plant that's going to hold up to our snow and ice. It's so important to go ahead and do that. Other varieties I really like, Sensation. Just the name is wonderful. Sensation is a bicolor. It's a dark purple with a white edge to it. From a distance, it looks like a dark purple. When you get up close, the bloom actually shows a very almost pinwheel-like flower. It's got white edge to the whole little um, flower on on each panicle. Uh, And it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal texture in the garden. One that Gives you great color from a distance, but then gives you really nice texture when you get up close. So an item I would probably put closer to the house than necessarily farther away, someplace where you're going to walk by it so you get to to see that nice white edge to the flower. Um, You know, and put like Charles Jolet would be much nicer a little bit further away because it's got that dark wine and it would draw your eye at a distance. And then, of course, there's just common white and common purple. Lilacs, to me, are a staple of Maine. Everybody should have at least three in their yard. And the one thing about it is common purple and common white just do so well here in Maine. Okay. It absolutely does very well. Um, We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about lilacs, kind of wrap this up. But I want to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB.
You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com slash videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, and another gloomy Saturday. But it's Memorial Weekend, and it's time to plant. It's time to get going. Memorial Weekend is the Christmas of all Garden Center days and weekends. Uh, it is the busiest time of the year for us. So if you do have some long lines at the registers, it's just think of Christmas at the mall. Because that's our, this is our time of year. It's the time when the things, all the plants are reaching their peak. The annuals and hanging baskets are amazing this year. Things are growing very quickly, but I do want to kind of let you know that there are some things that are kind of a little bit behind. Um, because we have been so cold and whatnot, uh, there seems to be a couple things that there are problems out there in the industry. If you love Cleome, uh, let's talk a little bit about that because there was a seed problem earlier in the year on Cleome and it seems to be in short supply. So I would recommend if you find Cleome to go ahead and buy it wherever you're shopping uh, because uh, we're having a very tough time getting it. We do have some, but we're having a tough time getting it. So if you want Cleome this spring, pick it up wherever you find it. Because uh, I think it's going to be sh in short supply, but let's go back to lilacs because I think there's a, a a few things that people need to know about. So we're talking about varieties that do very well, and I left off kind of talking about common purple and common white. It's just tradition in Maine. They're around every old farmhouse. They're big. They're kind of tree-like or shrub-like. 
depending on how you prune. But I want to talk about, because people have planted lilacs for so long in Maine, lilacs need to be rejuvenated periodically. You, you can't leave them be forever. They tend to get rot in the main stems if you do. They tend to have ice and ice damage in the winter if we get too tall and too open. So don't hesitate to rejuvenate your lilacs if you need to. Sometimes you need to do maintenance around the house. And the contractor will say, oh, you got to clean that all out. You know, and that's there's nothing worse than for someone to say, well, you got to take that right out. You got to get rid of that because it's rotting the wall and, you know, I got to get in there and I don't want to work around it. So cut it down. And so you do. And you're miraculously surprised when the plant explodes with growth out of the ground. The following year probably doesn't have a lot of blossoms. The second year it has a few. And the third year it's just exploded with blooms and it's back to its glory. With a lot of these old plants, we need to understand that it has a root system that supports a huge stem and leaf mass. So by taking some of these big stems out, a lot of times what will happen is the plant will put on a tremendous amount of growth very quickly. We need to help the plant along a bit. So if you want to rejuvenate some of your lilacs, I usually use a third, a third, a third type scenario. So if you have three or four big, big stems in a clump of lilacs and you have a lot of suckers coming up out of the ground, take one or two of those big stems out every year. And what that will do is it will rejuvenate, give more light to the suckers that are coming out of the ground, and they will become the bigger branches down the road. Now, you probably only have to do this once or twice over a 10-year period. So I'm not talking about doing it drastically, but you leave a stump maybe a foot high, cut it on a nice beveled edge so that the water doesn't sit on top. Don't cut it flat so that the water will sit in there and rot. And then water and fertilizer is very important throughout the summer months to get all those dormant buds on those stems to actually come out and grow. On every old stem, there are dormant buds. And pruning lilacs, it's very important right after blossom. But if we need to rejuvenate, we're going to kind of do it regardless at any time of year. Any time really between now and probably, I would say, mid to late July. After that, we probably want to let the plant go. We can prune late fall, and then it will sprout in the spring. But hot summer time frame, I probably wouldn't want to push that much growth. But the other problem with lilacs is they typically don't always bloom very well. And this is kind of something that time and time and time again, customers come into the garden and say, my lilac's not blooming. What am I doing wrong? Sometimes it's just the age of the plant. So if you buy a young plant, sometimes it just needs some time. But more often than not, it's usually the pH in the soil. And we've talked about pH in soil with with lawns and other things in the past on the show. And I can never stress how important it is that we dial in pH. pH is kind of like the balance to the soil. And what ends up happening is if we make that balance appropriate for the plants, all the nutrients and every all the, the things that a plant needs to survive, it's kind of like a vitamin for, for humans. Um, basically, if you've got moss around 
in your yard and around your lilac, your pH is too low probably, and you're probably not blooming very well. So if your lilac is not blooming right now, it doesn't have any flower buds or whatnot. Take a look to see if there's any moss. You may have been putting bark mulch around it and acidifying the soil. Maybe you've used the wrong fertilizer like Hollytone that has an acidifier in it, and you're actually doing the wrong thing there. So what we need to do is add some lime. And if you've got a pretty good plant, it might be 5 or 10 pounds of lime we need to add. But now is the time to do it. Okay, by doing that, we'll change the pH and the plant will set flower bud in June and July. If we don't do it now and we wait, we've missed the window to set flower buds for next year. So now is the time to go ahead and change that pH. Now, if it's blooming well, I recommend you don't do anything. Okay, it's not necessary. If the plant's doing well, now the only other thing is pruning. We don't want to prune too late. Okay, so after the flowers have gone by, that is the perfect time to prune your lilac. Okay, so we're probably a week, maybe two weeks away, and then we want to go ahead and prune your lilacs. I'm going to give you the big shout-out on the show. Stop pruning your lilacs. It's time. Stop. I'm going to also in the next couple of weeks say get out there and prune your lilacs. So timing is everything on a lot of plants, and this is certainly one of those things. But if your pH is off, Moss, you know, is a very big, big thing. If you see moss, if you've been putting bark mulch around it, now Nutramulch, which we talked about, may raise the pH. So you might want to switch to that around your plants too. So I would definitely say get out there, pick some lilacs, enjoy your Saturday, and we'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on the second hour on News Talk WLOB. To the Joy of Gardening uh, by Esther Brooks. I was just looking out the window. It's pouring out there. <sighs> Good Saturday morning. Second hour. We're inside. We're nice and dry in here. I want to definitely let you know we've got enough rain. Okay, plants are thoroughly moist at this point. You probably don't have to water for a little bit. Uh, so if you planted some trees or shrubs or perennials, you're probably okay for a few days. Uh, Mother Nature looks like she's going to come around uh, and give us Monday, so maybe we can get out and enjoy things. But come on in, pick up some of your annuals. Maybe you can do some of your containers in the garage the next couple days. I know it's going to be chilly, but you know you could plant them, get them all ready, and invite some people over for Monday when it's beautiful out. You can just bring them out Monday morning, put them on the deck, and say, oh, they've been out in the rain. We bought some of those plants from Estabrooks. They they do well in the rain. <laughs> but maybe you can save some time, you know, and be able to get some of these things done. Uh, we've been planting containers indoors for a while now, trying to get ready for all of you folks coming into the garden center. Um, it might be a good choice. It would be a great day to shop. Uh, all the greenhouses will be open. We're going to be running some heat in those greenhouses so that it's nice and warm in there for you to shop since it's 50 degrees. This is kind of like March or early April weather. It's kind of nasty out there, but we're going to get through it. And 
Mother Nature has thrown us another curveball. We always have a week like this in May or June, and hopefully we rush right out of this rainy spell. We get some nice sunny weather. Plants are growing. Boy, the leaves are just exploding with growth on the trees. I was amazed this morning uh, to look out the window and see how big the, the maple leaves have gotten in about the last three days. I was kind of gazing out the, the window the other night at a nice uh, woodpecker uh, out there on one of the trees and kind of looked up and said, wow, you know, those leaves aren't that big, but now they're they're exploding. So second hour, we've got a few things we I want to talk about. Uh, Mr. Jeff O'Donnell from O'Donnell's Nursery will be calling in. We're going to be talking a little about, about independent garden centers of Maine. And I want to make sure people understand that we are all independent garden centers and we're all working together uh, to make sure that all of you folks have great plants for your garden centers. And we're we're working together because we represent a very large large amount of businesses here in the state of Maine, and we all support our local communities, and we want to get that message out. So Jeff will be joining us sometime in this hour. He'll be calling in. We'll be talking a little bit about that, uh, where we uh, where we are and what we're doing, and, and a bunch of things coming up throughout the summer. So we'll be talking with Jeff O'Donnell about that. Uh, we're also going to be talking a little bit about ornamental grasses and anything else you want. You can certainly call in 877-393-8255 or uh, 775-1310. We have Diane on the line. Uh, good morning, Diane. Good morning, Tom. Um, I have a couple of questions. All right. One would be uh, growing tomatoes and cucumbers in containers, in very large containers. Can you use, what would be the difference if buying garden soil in bags or using potting soil? Okay, okay. There, you can use both, okay? The tough okay. thing with potting soil is it really has no nutrients, okay, like the ground mm-hmm. does. So okay. with that, we need to use, you know, a good organic fertilizer like Garden Tone, and we also might use something like the Neptune's Harvest. It just doesn't, what they call a soilless mix, which a potting soil is, we have to add more nutrients constantly. It also has been made so that it will dry out a little bit quicker because our annuals typically like to dry out. They like more fertilizer, so we want to be able to water them more often. With a garden soil, say like Costa Maine, the garden soil, um, Mm -hmm. it works very well because it's compost-based. So the one thing about a garden soil that you need to be careful about is not overwatering the plant too early, okay? Because it's a heavier soil, if we get a rainy stint like we're having now, it can get extremely wet for quite some time. And, you know, we want to be able to fertilize and kind of promote growth. Now, if you're going to use soil that you dig out of the ground and and use, you know, uh, out of your yard... We want to be very cautious about weeds. That would be the other thing I would I would want to be cautious about. So, you know, certainly you can use soil. It's going to be nice and heavy. The other thing is a natural soil is very heavy. So that container is going to be he- very heavy to move and empty in the fall and whatnot. So, I was because yeah, I was looking towards uh, buying yeah uh, the hard soil yeah the, the, in the bag. So that would be. That would work, but I was concerned that it wouldn't work at all. I thought I had to use pot, uh, plant in you know, a potting soil because it wouldn't be as heavy, but obviously it has nothing in it. I haven't had very good luck lately growing tomatoes in pots. Yeah, there's a couple um, other things I want to I want to tell you about. Because we've had so many blight issues on 
tomatoes, make sure and sterilize your container. Okay, so, you know, wash it down with a, like a 10% bleach solution or some sort of, um, you know, spray. Uh, and then the other thing is when you plant your tomatoes, whether it's in the ground or in, in a pot, use a product called Actinovate. Okay, and Actinovate basically helps strengthen the plant against these issues of blights and whatnot. It's a it's an item that we used, and I've seen very good success with it. Uh, so that might be another good thing to help make your plant kind of thrive. Uh, Diane, what type of fertilizing are you do, on, do you typically do on your tomato? I, I try to use a fish emulsion when I can, when I can find it. Okay. Um, and I also have, you know, the typical miracle grow. Um, I've I've different, you know, I've different things I've bought. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm just not quite sure which is the best. I I used to have really good luck with fish. Yeah, I would stick with that. The Neptune's Harvest is really good, or Saltwater Farms makes a nice one also. Um, both of those I would recommend, um, you know, over the miracle grow, just because you're going to get more fruit than foliage. If you've been getting a lot of foliage, then cut back on the miracle grow. You can use it periodically, but cut back on that and use more of the fish, and I think you'll probably find your plants will be more stocky. The other thing is purchase the biggest plant you can afford. Okay. Um, if you're starting off with very small plants, you know, you're going to get fruit much later. If you buy a one-gallon pot, you're going to get fruit much earlier. The other thing is the choice of what variety. You know, some of the heirlooms are great, but if you're going to do an heirloom variety, you may look to buy a grafted tomato. Okay. And this is kind of a new thing. Grafted tomatoes are new. And what they've done is they've taken old varieties like, say, brandywine. And they've grafted it onto a new type of rootstock. Now, we've seen this in trees and shrubs for years, but what they do is they've grafted it onto a more vigorous rootstock. And what ends up happening is your yield on your fruit is double or triple. So you pay three times the money for the plant, but you get three times the tomatoes. And these, this, I'm new to gardening in pots. I've always had a garden in the ground. So this, this, uh, past couple years is new to me, and I've had no luck with tomatoes. I end up with blight, and uh, I end up, we start off very strong, and then everything dies off. So that's why I thought needed to just rethink all this yep. and find a better way to do it. A clean um, slate. Start with a clean slate, you know, maybe yeah. a new pot, new soil, you know, make sure and get a nice sturdy plant. Okay, and plants that will thrive or at least survive right near the water, within 10 feet of the ocean. Okay, okay. I don't know what to buy. Other than roses, I don't know what else to put in. Okay. Well, certainly, you know, a lot of the grasses will do quite quite well. Um, But the big thing is thinking in terms of winter exposure, okay? So, you know, you've got any of your annuals will do quite well, but you want to look for things that are lower to the ground, so the supertunias will probably do very well. Scavola would be one if you're looking for annuals. If you're looking for perennials, stick to things that are medium-sized to small and take limited uh, staking. If the plant needs to be staked along the water, it's probably going to get beat up. Yes, exactly. The When the wind comes through, it's just unbelievable. So I'm trying to find some 
type of perennial that I can add along with the roses, but I just don't know what. Right. But you, I don't know if the salt in the air makes a difference. It's just very new to me. Absolutely. You may look at a few different shrubs that are more wispy in in uh, in their form. You know, one might be Zambucus black lace, which is an elderberry, but it's a dark leaf foliage. You might look at that um, because it's going to get bird attraction. It's going to have fruit. It's going to have a nice pink flower and a dark foliage. So it gives you the effect of a perennial, but it actually is more a woody plant. So it will take that more open exposure. And we have a lot of birds, and I do love to add things. Yeah, so that might be a nice option. All right. Thank you very much. Diane, thanks for your phone call. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. So if you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 8775-877-393-8255. Got really excited there about the phone number. Um, So we were talking a little bit about lilacs in the last hour, and we're going to be talking something about grasses too. Um, But... Mr. Jeff O'Donnell is going to join us here at some point during this hour, and and we're going to talk about Maine IGC, okay? Independent Garden Centers of Maine, okay? Very important group that Estabrooks is involved in, many of the garden centers, uh, something that we're all working together to basically let you know that we're out there, okay? That as garden centers, we're the, we're the place that supports your communities. We make your lives beautiful, we hope, and... You know, we're here to support you. So if you have questions, you know, that's part of the reason why we are at Estabrooks are are doing this radio show is to continue to be able to reach out and talk with you folks, help you with your questions and whatnot. But it's perennial time. And next week I want to talk. We're going to probably have Jim Massey, my uh, nursery manager from Yarmouth, he's going to come back into the into the studio um, and we'll we'll try to talk to him about. It's perennial month, okay? It's perennial month. It's June, okay? So we're going to talk to him about what's going on in the nursery. We're going to talk about all the different things that are going on, what types of plants are really looking good. We've got some new and unusual stuff that's kind of started to show up in the yard that we'll talk about and, you know, kind of focus on perennials. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Do you know where your food is coming from? Growing your own fruits and vegetables is a great way to eat healthier, reduce your grocery bill, and get in touch with your meals. Get started with big, bountiful plants from Astabrooks, and you'll be savoring summer days full of tomatoes, peppers, and lettuce instead of coaxing tiny seeds. All vegetables and herbs are now 20% off at Astabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk until May 27th. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. You know those people in your neighborhood with the great garden? If you look closely, they're probably using plenty of perennial plants. And when it comes to perennials, gardeners agree. Esther Brooks is the place to go for the very best. All perennials and ground covers are now 20% off at Esther Brooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. So now is the perfect time to visit and get started. Plant a few today. You'll notice the difference immediately. And so will your neighbors. To learn more, visit EstherBrooksOnline.com. Esther Brooks for the joy of gardening. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? 
Casella's Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth-life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutrimulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLB. I'm Tom Astabrook, and it's raining out still. That's all right. We're inside. We're nice and warm, and it's going to be nice and sunny Sunday going into Monday. I'm pushing it to Sunday. I'm not waiting till Monday. So uh, get out there and mow your lawn in the rain like I did on Friday if you need to. I hope you are more put together than I have been this spring. But I want to scare all of you a little bit, okay? Because in the garden center industry, we're always a season ahead. In the last two days, our mum cuttings arrived. We stuck our mum cuttings the last two days, so fall is right around the corner. I know, that's scary. I know, I know. But we're always a season ahead, so we're growing our summer crops and our fall crops now because they take 8 to 10 weeks or longer. So we're always a season ahead, and it'll be scary because before too long I'll be talking to you, and it'll be in June and early July, and I'll be saying our poinsettias are arriving. So I'm full of good news this morning as the doom and gloom is out there, but Jeff O'Donnell's going to be coming into the, in talking with us uh, about Maine Independent Garden Centers of Maine, uh, and we're also going to talk about ornamental grasses. So ornamental grasses are a huge line of plants now. Big, big, big variety list, all different shapes, sizes, plumes, types. There's more new varieties every year. But I think... It's important that we have a few of them in all of our gardens. But I also want to talk about annual grasses because that's been one of the exciting areas that things have kind of taken off in the last number of years. Annual grasses are something that we use in containers. We can use them in the garden. Most commonly known, the Penicillium rubrum or red fountain grass. If we can have a dark red fountain grass that was perennial, we would sell hundreds, hundreds of them. But we really don't. We have one called Ruby Ribbons. It's somewhat red, but it's not a true red like Penicillium rubrum. The red fountain grass is a great annual. It is a great bang for your buck. The cost, they don't look like a lot this time of year. So when you come into the garden, so you're like, oh, that's really small. And then by the end of the summer, You've got these wonderful pink plumes, red, dark red foliage. The plant, one little plant, is probably three by three. You can put one plant in a pot on the patio, and it will fill that whole pot. Now, I know you're going to look at that little four-inch pot, and you're going to go, oh, that little thing. But grasses are summer heat lovers. They need water, and they need heat more than they do even fertilizer. Fertilizer doesn't hurt because it helps keep them actively growing. 
but the water is the most important part. With grasses, if they dry out, they start to brown out. Okay, you'll see the lower leaves will start to brown up, and you know you're not giving your ornamental grasses enough water. Many of them like moist soil. Okay, so a real dry site's not a problem with supplemental water. But they come in everything from some something that's going to be 8 to 10 feet, Miscanthus floridus. I planted three in my yard. Last year, the first year I planted it, they got 8 to 10 feet tall in a wonderful big plume. It kind of looks like a big grass you would see in, say, the um, marsh down in Old Orchard. But not the same, obviously, because that's a wetlands plant. But the way they play in the wind and kind of, you know, waft back and forth. We were just talking with Diane, and ornamental grasses would be a good thing along the seashore. But we're going to stick to shorter varieties. We're not going to put those big 8- or 10-foot-tall varieties because they'll blow over in that bad, bad wind. Um, you know, so use something like, um, you know, Penicinum hamel. Okay, very low spreading type, unbelievable plumes, or one called Little Bunny. Little Bunny's a nice little one to mix with perennials, really great. And then Elijah Blue Fescue, nice blue foliage. So when it doesn't have plume, it has nice blue foliage, okay? And it plumes very early. So a lot of them in the garden center are already pluming on Elijah Blue. Now, they've come out of a greenhouse, so they've got their plume earlier than they normally would, but you can get an idea what they would look like in midsummer. Okay, So ornamental grasses are something that everyone should take a look at. Now, the time of year when we're shopping in the garden center actively is typically not the time that people are thinking about ornamental grasses. They're thinking about, oh, well, I'll pick up an annual hanging basket, and boy, look at those flocks. They're in full color right now. And boy, look at the delaphinium and the foxglove and all of those things. The ornamental grasses are kind of something that don't show very well until fall. So if you don't, if you can't understand what they're going to look like, you can always come back in the fall and when they're in full plume in the containers and get an idea of the sizes, the heights, the different textures, or just come in and talk to us in the garden center and we can kind of give you, we'll give you some some general heights and sizes and and how to arrange them. Now, I don't think you want to go ahead and put a ton of them. You might just put one as an accent in a garden. You may put a cluster of three over in another but the one thing about them is at that time in this in in your garden when things are waning say in august and september is when the grasses come on the strongest they fill a gap in our garden as far as color and texture okay and it's always that time of year when we're kind of exiting summer and entering into fall so it's a nice transition plant when you want to start to think about planting mums in the fall. And, you know, the black-eyed Susans typically are looking very good. The echinacea are in full bloom. You've got these foliages and textures and plumes that are coming on. The hydrangeas are amazing at that time. So now you're kind of starting to see a picture of what things can look like. So you've got pinks and whites and plumes and lavenders and maroons and oranges and you have a harvest 
type of garden that transforms. They're not going to be the showstoppers in the spring. But that's okay because we have plenty of things right now that are in bloom. We have all the rhododendrons, azaleas, all the perennials are coming on. Peonies are going to be, you know, the showstopper here soon. So grasses, think about them to add a lot more texture later on in the season. A plant group that I'm big on, obviously. You can tell I'm enthusiastic about them. I think it's going to be a large part to our yard down the road. If you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Jeff O'Donnell will be joining us in the near future. We're going to probably take a quick break here. in the, in the next few minutes, and what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick call before we take a break, and we've got Carly on the phone. Carly, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Tom. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Are you staying dry? I'm trying. I'm trying to. Okay. I had a question. It seems like last year I had a lot of Japanese bills around, and I was wondering, is there any chance that you should avoid planting because the Japanese beetles are attracted to them or any plants that play, uh, you know, for them. Okay. Japanese beetles, they're always a tough one. Uh, the tough thing is you can do all kinds of things in your yard, certainly staying awake from some of the fragrant plants like fragrant roses, you know, use the knockout roses instead of, say, the David Austin roses. Um, Stay to more neutral colors. You know, the bright, bright colors tend to draw in Japanese beetles. Um, but is there a one thing? Do you do you use any of the Japanese beetle traps? I haven't, no. Okay, good, because I was going to say if, you, if that's the case, then buy one and give it to your neighbor. Okay, <laughs> you can attract them over there in their yard. Um, if you have a big grassy field nearby, the traps are great because you can put them out in the field and kind of draw the Japanese beetles out into a grassy area. Uh, as far as different plants, they do have favorites, um, but are there things that you definitely can't, you know, some spraying is going to be necessary or picking the Japanese beetles off. Uh, it can be a morning routine for you and go out and kind of just tap them into a jar or you can go out and spray. Um, I typically recommend if you're going to spray something, you spray it early morning or late in the evening. That's when the Japanese beetles are least active. During the hot part of the day, they're very active feeding. You can kind of spray them off your plants with a hose during the during the uh, hot part of the day. But as far as, you know, Japanese beetles will eat just about anything. Uh, there are some things they don't like as well but when you take out all the things they do like they still tend to eat everything so i hope that helps yeah is there a particular spray that you would recommend well there's a product there's a product um called eight that i would recommend um it works very well it's very similar to seven which people have used for years and years and years uh that works well or um captain jack's Okay, dead bug spray. I know that sounds awful. Okay, <laughs> and and this is what it is. It's really kind of nasty. It's crushed up bugs that you can spray on your plants. Okay, and it's completely organic. Uh, it seems to work quite well. Um, I have customers that love it. 
so if you want to go an organic route, that helps. Also, neem oil is a good one, too. Uh, the only thing with the neem oil, we want to make sure not to spray it in the hot part of the day, um, like I was talking about, because it is an oil and it can burn plants if, if uh, used in the hot part of the day. Okay, great. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for calling. And if you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Japanese beetles are going to be a huge topic coming up. I mean, a huge topic. It's going to be one of those things that I want you to start thinking. I want you to go to your calendar right now and mark on the 4th of July. You've got plans probably, but mark right on there. Japanese beetles will arrive, okay? And it'll be either three days before or three days after. If you're on our e-news list, if you've signed up to get our e-newsletter, we usually send out a Japanese beetle alert. As soon as we get the first person or we see a Japanese beetle in the yard, we send out an email to you saying they have landed Okay, because being proactive with Japanese beetle is very important. The other thing for Japanese beetle, now is a great time to get your milky spore down, okay, on your lawn. Now, milky spore, you can say what you will. It works. It doesn't work. What I will tell you is, from my perspective, it does work, okay? The trick is it's not instant. And it's something that we need to reapply about every other year. And the trick with milky spore is it's not necessarily getting the adults or anything that are coming up out of the soil that year. It's getting the grubs when they lay their eggs in the fall. So we're knocking out that infestation for the following year. Okay. So Japanese beetles and milky spore, it's not a quick fix. But if you get it down now, it's going to replicate in the soil and build all summer long, okay? And then by the time we go ahead and get those grubs and those adults laying the eggs, it's going to be active in the soil, and we're going to kill them this fall, okay? So any time now is a great time. So um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We've got Jeff O'Donnell on the phone. He's going to come back after the break. We're going to talk about independent garden centers of Maine. And you're listening to The Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. 
At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, the lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook. And uh, another Saturday morning, a little soggy out there, but we're trying to stay optimistic. It's a gardening weekend, and uh, I hope you all take time to enjoy Memorial Day weekend and get into the garden center. And we're going to be joined by Mr. Jeff O'Donnell. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, sir. I like this try to optimistic spin you're trying to put on the weekend. That sounds fun. <laughs> well, you know, we have to stay positive. Hopefully, like over the net last couple of days, we've had some pretty overcast weather. Today looks like uh could be a washout, but maybe the old folks will come in and shop anyways. Well, if if if, if there, anything is optimistic, gardening is optimistic. We're always planting for the future and hoping for better. So, Absolutely. so yeah, very apropos. So we're you know I wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about independent garden centers in Maine. Now you're the president mm-hmm. of that, and I guess I am, and uh, you're the vice president. Ah, That's yes. Right. So <laughs> here we are. You know, we're talking about yeah. the the this wonderful group of garden centers that has right. gotten together. And uh, tell us a little bit about it. Well, I, I can. I, I actually received, I think, the first phone call from uh, uh, Joe Gagne at uh, Roosevelt Trails, uh, God, no, four or five, five or six years ago now, where he thought that it would be awfully good to uh, to kind of band together uh, as a as a group, basically to to put money collectively into a promotional idea to promote the independent garden centers as, as an entity or as, a, as an industry. Uh, and I thought it was a great idea, and it spread from there to three or four others, and we ended up with five garden centers the first year. Uh, now we have built to, uh, currently we've got 13 members. We've had as high as 16, but basically we pool resources, uh, and, and it's it started out as promotional. We wanted to, to put an ad on TV uh, espounding the virtues of an independent garden center. Uh, we, we didn't say you couldn't go anywhere else. We didn't say anything bad about anything else. We just said what it was good about coming to an independent garden center um, and uh, you know selection and and, and uh, knowledge and and all of the experience involved uh, are all of that the quality of, of the plants that we offer uh, we, we tried to expound on all of that as much as we could and we pulled together to get as much airtime as we could and, and now that we're at 13 members uh, it's quite a pool mm. uh, and we've got quite a group and we've got several different versions of the commercial with the same message on and, and I'm sure that your listeners have, have have seen or heard that uh, 
uh, I tend to hear it when it's in a different room and someone yells, Daddy, you're on TV. But, uh, <laughs> right. um, but it's, uh, it, it's a good message. It's a positive message, as you said. It's, it's uh, optimistic. Um, it, it's what we are. Um, and we've gone beyond that to the point where, uh, you know, the nursery industry is, 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 a, is a funny industry. We, we are looking for new stuff all of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem with that is that the people who sell that stuff want to sell thousands of them or hundreds of them. And, and we will get a customer coming in saying, I want one. Uh, so we've, we've actually gone beyond just the, the promotional part of it to the point where we are contacting each other uh, when a customer is looking for something different, special, and new, and, and saying, do, do, do any of you have it? Right. Uh, and we share... Uh, we share the the inventory and information that way as well. So it's been very beneficial, I think, for everybody involved. Absolutely, I think I think that's kind of an understated thing to the whole group is that, you know, we're all getting together and we're all talking trends. We're all talking about what's going on in each of our garden centers. Yeah. We're visiting each other's garden centers and kind of talking e- to each other about well, mm-hmm. this is working, this isn't. So as a whole, our whole industry is getting better on the independent side just because we're talking, which is kind of unheard of in other states, as I hear. Well, not only in other states, but in other industries. Mm. We talk to the people that, that are, are spo- that are talking to us. Uh, even, the, even the media is looking at us and saying, you know, there's no other industry that does this. Uh, they, they, don't, they don't share information like this. They don't share their knowledge like this. They don't share their inventory like this. Right. Um, this is a, and it's, it's a fresh idea for them, too. They like it. We have a blast when we're, when we're filming and we're talking, and, and we do get caught up with what everybody else is doing. And every single time I visit a garden center, I learn something new, no matter who it is. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, taking that trip to and, and having a meeting at a place that you've never been, you see just that one little thing. And yep. it can make a huge yep. difference. That's right. Um, so we've got all kinds of things going on, but tell us a little bit, you know, we've got a website. What, what's mm-hmm. that all about? Well, we do have a website where people can go and, and find out who our membership is, and, and, and actually it lists each of them and has the contact info for each of them. Um, that's a pretty easy address. It's mainigc.com. So... Um, it's uh, it's pretty easy to get to and easy to find. They can certainly Google it, and, and uh, but they can punch it right in. It's uh, it's just www.mainigc.com, uh, and it lists all our current members. Uh, and it also has a, a library of the videos that we have done, and it's not just the advertisements. We've had extended videos done uh, that that expound really on. Uh, it goes further. I mean, it, 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 some of them are old, and they have some of our older members on it that no longer are part of us. But that's okay. Um, the message is the same. Um, so there is that, and they can contact any one of us off that website if they wish. Uh, we also are, are combining with uh, the the uh, well. It's 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 the proven winner uh, uh, color choice program as well as Pride's Corner Farms, which is a, a major grower in Connecticut, mm-hmm. um, to promote the home run rose. And we're actually doing that in conjunction uh, on June 11th with the Sea Dogs. Uh, so we are going to be planting uh, home run roses uh, at at uh, Hadlock Field. We're also going to be uh, passing out coupons at the game and, and very possibly giving away home run roses for people um, uh, that, that are attending that game. So uh, that'll be kind of fun. That's a, that's a, 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 um, 
uh, a program that's that's they're trying to get to all of the minor league baseball stadiums, and and we latch right onto this one because uh, it's uh, it's such a good rose. First of all, uh, it's a uh, it's a hardy rose. It's winter hardy. It's disease resistant, so it doesn't take much spraying to to grow it or any spraying to grow it. Uh, it it's a foolproof rose bush for almost anyone in in Maine. So it's a great rose. It's a beautiful rose, and it's going to look really good at the field, and it's going to be a fun day. Absolutely, and you know I think. The other thing that about this group is because we're kind of the only group really doing this, we're going to be the only group in our complete industry that was able to get this promotion off the ground at a minor league stadium. Huh. They approached okay. hundreds of my, you know, all these minor league teams, and mm-hmm. none of these groups could get it together, but somehow we made it happen. We. <laughs> you know, amongst all the other duties that we have, it right. you know I think it's important to understand that we've all made a choice and a priority to right. get together and yep. and to talk and and to work on these these promotional ideas and, and to get out there and talk to customers. Um, and one of the things that you'll find uh, when people go to mainigc.com and look at the membership. Um, they're going to, uh, first of all, they'll be surprised by not only the quality of the companies there, but the diversity of the people there. Um, there are there are people that are very strong in some measure of horticulture, and then others that are weak in that area, but very strong in others. Uh, and that's another uh, great thing about us, is that we've got so many different diverse characters in the group that there really isn't anything we can't do if we really wanted to do it. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty fun getting with that group and talking about something, and, and, and you, can, you can see the idea develop in their brain. And, and first of all, how can we pull it off? And second of all, yes, how does it benefit me as a business? How, you know, I, I'm not going to do this and, 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 and go down the tube doing it, but uh, let's enjoy getting this thing done. Let's have fun with this. So um, working with these people has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. It's been one of the most fun things I've done in my industry. Absolutely. I, I think the collaboration is is something that has surpassed what I ever thought it could be. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the uh, sense of, of working together really, really has, has gone, come a long way. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff, I'd like to thank you for... Uh, for coming in, talking to us, and uh, we'll mm-hmm. probably try to have you back uh, just before the Sea Dogs promotion, and we'll talk a little right. bit more. We'll have more details about it then. June eleventh, uh, we're going to be at the Sea Dogs. Uh, mm-hmm. Buy your tickets now, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> get your tickets and 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 sit in a good seat. Win a rosebush. Absolutely, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Tom. Thanks a lot. Have a great you day. So, you know, a lot of things going out going on with Garden Centers of Maine. Uh, certainly one thing that, uh, you know, I, I like to come across to all of you folks out there is we're all in competition with each other, let's face it, but we're all working together. And Jeff made a great point. You know, if I don't have a plant, we're trying to find plants for customers. It's not always possible, you know, but... You know, Jeff might have it at his garden center, or someone at Roosevelt Trail might have it, or someone else is looking for it for a big landscape job. Um, and they'll call, you know, uh, other garden centers to try to find it. And, uh, you know, that collaboration really helps all of us. It helps fill our customers' needs, and it also helps 
with all of us with our inventory and and whatnot. So mainigc.com, great group of people. Um, please take a look at the website. We will have a new website coming very soon also. We're in the works. Uh, it's been a little bit slow to come along, but uh, the website will be getting a big upgrade, and we'll be kind of talking about that probably, hopefully, by the time June 11th comes around. And we can talk with Jeff a little bit more about that. Um, our hope is to have a lot more informative videos and be able to really kind of help educate. Uh, it is a branch of the Maine Landscape and Nursery Association, so absolutely a great organization also. And, uh, you know, we're going to be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella's Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth-life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earth-Life Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Do you know where your food is coming from? Growing your own fruits and vegetables is a great way to eat healthier, reduce your grocery bill, and get in touch with your meals. Get started with big, bountiful plants from Astabrooks, and you'll be savoring summer days full of tomatoes, peppers, and lettuce instead of coaxing tiny seeds. All vegetables and herbs are now 20% off at Astabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk until May 27th. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. You know those people in your neighborhood with the great garden? If you look closely, they're probably using plenty of perennial plants. And when it comes to perennials, gardeners agree. Esther Brooks is the place to go for the very best. All perennials and ground covers are now 20% off at Esther Brooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. So now is the perfect time to visit and get started. Plant a few today. You'll notice the difference immediately. And so will your neighbors. To learn more, visit EstherBrooksOnline.com. Esther Brooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening. Uh, it's still raining. I'm Tom Estbrook, your gloomy host this week. And uh, if you have a question, we only have 10 minutes left or so, uh, give us a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We have Carmen on the line. Carmen, good morning. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. I have a question. Um I belong to a garden club, and we take care of a public garden. Mm -hmm. We planted climbing hydrangeas next to a very tall brick wall. Yes. And I'd like to know, do you recommend that um, climbing hydrangeas grow on a trellis, or are they okay just to climb up the wall? I think I'd be fine with them on the, on the brick wall. I mean, you know, down the road you may have some maintenance issues, but I think the trellis might rot out before that. So, you know, the one thing is with climbing hydrangea, they, they naturally don't really want to climb on brick easily. Are, are you having a tough time getting it to adhere? 
They've only been in the ground probably two years, okay. so you know they're they're very young plants, mm-hmm. and you just are wondering what's the next step. Yeah, a couple things that I've done in the past uh, for customers is talk to them about taking kind of some twine, and and I usually use jute twine uh, so that it will kind of rot away over time. And kind of on some of those leaders, just tie off to the leader maybe about six inches down and kind of take that twine. And I like to use something that's more natural looking so it would blend in with the brick. And you kind of take it up over the wall and bring it down the other side and either take a nail and tie it to and pound it down into the ground. And that will kind of give you the vertical um, help a climbing hydrangea needs. Climbing hydrangea are kind of one of those plants that they like to creep before they leap, okay? Mm-hmm. So they kind of sit there, and they don't really grow for a little bit, and then all of a sudden the root system gets big enough, and they explode with growth. The one thing about with brick is they tend to have a tough time adhering to it and getting those roots into the brick and mortar, which is a good thing because we really don't want them to break up the wall, but we need to help them along to get them up to the top of the wall and maybe even start down over. And then we can kind of train them along the wall. Um, you know, good water in the summer months. So if you guys are planting some annuals, you know, when you're watering the annuals, water the climbing hydrangea. It will help put on a lot more growth. Uh, climbing hydrangea, if they slow down, don't have enough water, and... Um, you know, kind of wilt quite often, they'll shut down their growth for the summer months also. Are they, are they blooming yet? As far as, did they bloom last year? Or? Oh, I really couldn't tell you. Okay. Um, I don't know. But the other side of the wall is not our property. Okay. okay. Um, so, and, and it's a very tall wall. It's probably about 20 feet oh, wow. at least. Big. So, okay. Okay. I mean, if you need to use a trellis, it's not a problem. Um, You know, the only thing with a trellis, what I usually recommend people do is they put like a four-inch block behind. And that will give you enough space to kind of intertwine the climbing hydrangea when it's soft and supple. Once it gets really woody, it's tough to work in. You can tie it off to the trellis. Um, Mm -hmm. But giving that airflow behind is good. And then with a trellis, if you use you know, one that maybe is vinyl or pressure treated or something of that, you know, effect. If you put those blocks, it's nice because you can unscrew the trellis and tip it out if they need to come in and do some maintenance on the brick and mortar. And you don't have to cut that hydrangea all the way down to the ground. You can lean it almost right out down on the ground. The crews can come in, do their work, and then you can lean it right back up. And, you know, it's like they were never there. A lot of times with ivies and, and plants like that that you grow on brick, when they tend to deteriorate the mortar, and then when you have to do that maintenance, you have to ruin that plant. You have to cut it right down to the ground, rip it all off the wall, and so you set yourself back 10, 15, 20 years, and so you don't have the same look. Uh, so maybe the trellis might be a better way to go and using something like a vinyl or, or a pressure treated that, you know, is going to last a much longer time frame, you'll be able to go ahead and, and uh, have that plant for a long, long time. Okay. 
Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Carmen. Thanks for listening. If you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Another week is passed by. Okay, we've it's just flown by, and uh, I want to thank everybody for calling. It's really important that uh, everyone understands, you know, we're here to help. Uh, it doesn't matter what your question is. Don't hesitate to call in, uh, talk to us. Uh, I'd like to thank Jeff O'Donnell uh, for calling in and talking about uh, Maine IGC. It's a very exciting group of people and something that, you know, I'm very involved in and uh, my family supports uh, wholeheartedly. And it's Memorial Weekend. And it's it's that time of year that it's important that we all get out and we start planting. I think we're safe to plant at this point. I hope I didn't just put my foot in my mouth because Mother Nature is saying it's supposed to get down to 39 degrees tonight. 39 degrees? But that's above freezing, so we're okay. I want to let you know we have been running the heat in our greenhouses. Okay, what this allows us to do is it allows us to dry out the plants, keep them nice and healthy. When the sun comes out, they'll pop new blossoms and be very, very happy. Uh, It's also a great environment for you to come shop. Um, You know, it's a dreary, rainy day, but we've got a lot of of space undercover. Virtually all of our annuals are undercover right now. Uh, We have a few pansies outside, but other than that, all our hanging baskets and annuals are primarily inside. So, you know, Bring your containers. If you don't want to plant your containers, okay, you don't want to do them. You always have somebody do them. Bring your containers in, and we'll do a custom planting for you. Our staff will walk around. We'll choose the plants you want, and then we'll plant them up for you. We can either deliver them, or we'll call you when they're ready, and you can come pick them up. So a very easy way. You know, usually takes a few days, you know, but we offer that service also. So, you know, it's Memorial Day. Certainly we've got, you know, memorial tubs available. You know, if you need to go to the cemetery and remember someone you've lost, if you want to do something special for your neighbor, you know, maybe the person that snowblowed your driveway this winter, you know, you can go ahead and pick that lilac bouquet like I was talking earlier and it doesn't really cost you much it's more time and energy and thought and then let's also remember the people that are overseas you know all our troops you know all the folks that are out there working on behalf of us maybe some folks that you haven't seen in a while maybe you're away at college with your you know living away from your parents you know give them a call that doesn't cost much either so touch touch base with the people that you miss the most Remember the ones that we've lost, and maybe visit a Memorial Day parade, okay? Um, Monday, there are many going on, and I I wrote down a few times. um, So if you have an opportunity, it's going to be a beautiful day. Get out there. Um, Baths at 1030. Biddeford Saco at 10 a.m., Cumberland's at 10 a.m., Cape Elizabeth at 9 a.m., Freeport's at 1.45, so a little bit later, maybe get some shopping in before or after, Scarborough at 10 o'clock, and Westbrook at 8 a.m. If you probably have a local parade in your area, check their websites. I think it's a great thing to do. I'll be in the Yarmouth store all weekend, so please, you know, last week it was great. I, I stopped into the garden center, got kind of going, and... 
the first person that came up to me was a nice gentleman. He said, I've been listening to you, and you were talking about this product today, and I've got more questions about it. Uh, tell me a little bit more about this, how I can use it. Uh, I'm in the situation you were talking about. So that really makes it all worthwhile for us. So please come in. Um, if you see me walking around, stocking displays and whatnot, if you're listening, please tell me you are. Uh, call in if you have questions. And certainly, I want to thank for all the support. You know, um, without you listening and being out there, we wouldn't have this show. We have the best customers in the world. And uh, Memorial Day is always a great weekend for us, rain or shine. And I want to thank you all for all your business, year in and year out. It's really important. I want to thank you on behalf of my family and all my staff. Without them, we wouldn't have such a great garden center. Have a great Saturday. WLOB Portland and WLOBRadio.com.